Welcome to the Closer at Grace podcast. Here you'll hear relevant teachings and testimonies from the women of our church. Join us as we grow closer to God and closer to each other through a closer study of God's Word. Welcome to week six of the Fall Closer Bible Study on Romans. I have learned so much over the past six weeks, and it's been such a blessing to gather with other women to study the Bible and grow closer together. One of the best parts of the body of Christ is that it is so diverse. It is made up of people who are different ages, races, from different backgrounds, people of different financial standings, cultures, political affiliations, temperaments. God didn't make churches full of robots who all agree on everything, think alike, have the same needs, spiritual maturity, and obey without questioning. So, how do we, as Christians, with so many differences, exist together as one church? Well, I know we couldn't do it without God. The Roman Christians were also struggling with unity. The Jewish Christians thought the Gentile Christians should follow certain rules and believe certain things. The Gentile Christians often felt freedom from the customs that the Jews followed for hundreds of years. One disagreement was surrounding the question of whether it was a sin to eat meat from an animal that had been sacrificed to an idol. Many Christians that were Jews felt that this was a sin and many Gentile Christians saw no problem with it because of the freedom they felt in Christ. It is this disagreement that Paul is addressing in this week's study. Let's read Romans 14, 13 to 23 together. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. I am convinced, being fully persuaded in the Lord Jesus, that nothing is unclean in itself. But if anyone regards something as unclean, then for that person it is unclean. If your brother or sister is distressed because of what you eat, you are no longer acting in love. Do not by your eating destroy someone for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let what you know is good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All food is clean, but it is wrong for a a person to eat anything that causes someone else to stumble. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else that will cause your brother or sister to fall. So whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who does not condemn himself by what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned if they eat, because their eating is not from faith. And everything that does not come from faith is sin. In this section of scripture, Paul is speaking to two groups of people. When Paul uses the term weak in their faith, he is referring to people who may be new to Christianity or people who haven't developed the ability to stand against external pressures that may cause them to give in 
and sin. Those who are strong in their faith can more often fight these external pressures and not let it tempt them into sinning. Everyone has their weak and strong areas, and it is important to know your strengths and weaknesses so that you don't get involved in situations which puts you smack in the middle of circumstances that can lead to sin. In the verses we are studying today, Paul is mostly addressing believers who are strong in their faith. As we have been learning over the last few weeks in our study, as well as from Pastor R., there are essential beliefs in the Bible that we must all agree on, such as Jesus' death and resurrection, the inerrancy of the Bible, and the Trinity. There is no room for debate because these topics are clearly defined in the Bible, but there are many other topics that are not as clear. Alcohol consumption, predestination, birth control, which day to observe the Sabbath, are all considered non-essentials that each person must in her own conscience decide where she stands on a topic. They are areas where we as Christians with different backgrounds, beliefs, and opinions must show each other grace and let each other decide what they believe without judgment. Paul's discussing the topic of meat sacrificed to idol in this section of scripture. But what Paul is saying applies to every area that is not clearly addressed in the Bible. As Pastor R has said many times, in essentials unity, in non-essentials liberty, in everything love. Paul begins the conversation by addressing both the weak and strong believers. In verse 13, he says, Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. Both strong and weak Christians can judge each other and cause each other to stumble. The strong can be insensitive and flaunt their freedoms and defend the weaker believers and the weak can set up rules and regulations that box in people and cause separation. This leads to division in churches, just as the Roman Christians of Paul's time were facing. Christians are called not to judge each other and not to cause each other to sin. Paul says in verse 14 that he knows that the meat sacrifices to idols is not unclean because of the work of Christ on the cross. But if a fellow Christian believes in his conscience that eating meat from an animal sacrifice to an idol is unclean, then Paul will not eat it in front of him. It is not worth dividing the church, and Paul does not want to offend or entice the person to eat meat, which believes would she would be sinning. 1 Corinthians 8.12 states, Sinning against your brothers and wounding their conscience when it is weak, you sin against Christ. Even if the person is completely misguided in her reasoning as to why she feels something is a sin, it is the stronger Christian's responsibility to abide by her wishes because whether right or wrong, it goes against her conscience. As Christians, we must remember that each person matures in their spiritual walk at different rates. It is not our jobs to push them along. That job is reserved for God. We need to love them, support them, and speak truth into their lives without judgment. Then let God do the rest. When my husband and I were first married, we attended a new church that had just started in a school near our home. 
We were newly married and were excited to find a church home. Everything seemed perfect about this church, and it began to grow quickly. The pastor was a dynamic evangelist, and people were drawn to him and what he had to say. Shortly after starting the church, I was hired as the administrative assistant. I know that no pastor is perfect, but I started seeing and hearing things that raised red flags. The pastor would publicly chide a new Christian for not quitting smoking. He would ask for tithing reports and meet with people who he did not think were tithing 10% and would tell them that they're sinning against God. Or he would publicly embarrass a person who was not comfortable praying out loud. As quickly as the church grew, the numbers started dwindling and people were not only leaving the church, but walking away from the Lord completely. This broke my heart. Needless to say, we decided that we would look for another church. The church we found was started at the same time as the one we left, but weaker Christians were treated with love and grace. And as they heard the truth from the pulpit and through Bible studies, they would grow and mature in their walk with the Lord. The first church collapsed after five years, and the second church is going strong after 20 years. This is the difference between judgment and grace. And verse 15 says, For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. The word grieved means distressed. That is a strong verb and not one to be taken lightly. Paul is saying that is an, is an attack against a person's belief system, which causes deep hurt. Watching a stronger believer do something that is inherently wrong in the mind of a weaker Christian is painful and can even encourage the weaker believer to participate. Engaging in behavior that goes against her faith or moral code will cause injury to her conscience, which can lead to sin because she's doing something that she believes in her heart that God has told her not to do. 1 Corinthians 8.12 states, Thus sinning against your brother and wounding their conscience when it is weak, you sin against Christ. Jesus died for you and me, and we must adjust our own behavior for the sake of others. 1 Corinthians 10.23-24 through 24 and 33 says, All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. Let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. Just as I try to please everyone in everything I do, not seeking my own advantage, but that of many, that they may be saved. Paul goes on to say, Do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. The word destroy is defined as distress that causes one to go astray in the faith and causes ruin. Whenever we live for our own pleasure at the risk of injuring others, we have missed what it means to serve Christ. Pushing for your freedom so hard that it causes division in the church or for a person to go against their consciousness, that is not the gospel. It is not love. That shows the world Christianity is based on do's and don'ts, which is wrong. The world needs to see unity and love within the church. Ask yourself today, are you pushing for your freedoms or your agenda hard onto someone else? Are you insisting for your rights in certain areas? Are your freedoms to indulge in something upsetting others and forcing them to act against their conscience? Paul goes on to say, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking, 
but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. To be concerned about trivial matters or the non-essentials so much that it causes division is not the kingdom of God. God has given us gifts of righteousness, peace, and joy. The world is looking at the church. It is judging us. God's kingdom should not be filled with Christians fighting over petty things. Each of us were given the gift of righteousness when we were saved. This means that we are God's children. We are loved and accepted by him. Out of that comes a sense of self-worth and self-respect because you are accepted by God. The world should see that. They should see Christians confident in their relationship with Christ and each other without conceit that their thoughts or beliefs are more important than other Christians' beliefs. The world should see unity. They need to see peace within the church, especially in today's world where there's so much division and anger. It is imperative for Christians to love each other through their differences with a love and calmness they don't see in the world. The world also needs to see a joy in Christians not found outside a relationship with Christ. A joy that finds worth life, life worth living, even if it's filled with difficult circumstances. A joy that can only be found in a relationship with God. These are the things that the kingdom of God are all about. If it means giving up some of your freedoms for another Christian who feels being involved in that freedom goes against his conscience, then you need to yield that right. First, for the weaker believer, and second, for the world who's watching our every step. Just last week, my daughter had lunch with a friend named Sarah she's had for over 13 years. They grew up together, went to school together, and played field hockey together. Sarah has not gone to, gone to church regularly since they met. Megan has often invited her to church, but she rarely came. At lunch last week, Sarah told her she wanted to come to church with her and her husband. Sarah said she has co-workers who go to church and they always seem happy. They talk about church all the time in their home group. Sarah told Megan she wants what they have. She wants the community and the joy she sees in them. Sarah and her husband went to church with Megan and her husband last week and they loved it. They told her they want to come back every Sunday. That would have never happened if Sarah saw her co-workers arguing or putting their own needs first. Her friend saw community. Sarah saw unity and joy that drew her to God. I can't tell you how excited my 25-year-old is in seeing her prayers answered and the seed she has been planting for years start to grow. Paul instructs Christians to pursue peace in mutual building and edification. The word pursue is an active, not a passive verb. Many people talk of peace, but are quarrelsome and contentious instead of demonstrating humility, meekness, self-denial, and love. As the old saying goes, if you're going to talk the talk, you need to walk the walk. In other words, you need to put into action what you are asking for. Build up and encourage the people in your life, just as Jesus did when he walked on earth. Paul then goes on to basically ask, do you really want to destroy the work of God in your life for the sake of some temporary freedom? Is it worth it? Even though the freedoms you are fighting for is not inherently wrong, is it worth causing division in the church or hurt in your sister in Christ? If you are asking someone to violate their conscience, it is wrong. 
It is a sin. As a body of Christ, we are interconnected and interdependent on each other. Our actions will affect those around us. We need to be observant in how our actions and words are affecting others. Paul doesn't say in verse 21, it is not good to eat meat. He said, it is good not to eat meat. There's an important difference between those two statements. If Paul had said, it is not good to eat meat, it would have had led people to believe that eating meat is inherently wrong. But Paul said, it is good not to eat meat. Because it is not the meat that is bad, it is eating the meat in front of someone who is morally opposed to it that is wrong. In making the decision whether to eat meat or not, or drink a glass of wine in front of a friend who thinks Christians shouldn't drink alcohol, you need to ask yourself, will it be offensive to my friend? If the answer is maybe or yes, then you need to give up that right to eat meat or drink the glass of wine. The important thing as a Christian is not to cause anyone to stumble or commit an act that against their moral code. What we must remember, growing in Christ is a learning process. Every Christian is in a different place spiritually, and that's okay. It is God's job to grow us. Every Christian needs to learn and mature in Christ by studying the Bible, prayer, and attending church. But if they have people in their lives who are constantly telling them they are wrong, it can harden their hearts to the subject and make it harder for them to hear what God is saying to them because of the constant noise you are making. Therefore, they are more resistant to change. If you do anything, pray for them. Lovingly answer their questions without condemnation to help them understand the reasons behind your moral or ethical decision. By doing this, you may help them grow and have the same freedoms in Christ that you do. I read a good analogy that describes this process. Spiritual growth and deciding moral choices are like crossing a swinging bridge over a mountain gorge. There are those who brave and confident people who will just run across the bridge even though it is moving under their feet and there are no handrails. They can keep their balance and they don't worry about the vast distance between them and the ground below. Then there are others who stand at the beginning of the bridge and are very wary of crossing. When they do go, they are uncertain and very shaky. They go very slowly or some even crawl on their hands and knees inching slowly across but they eventually make it if you wait patiently on the other side and let them set their own pace after a few more crossings they learn more and become more confident in their ability to traverse the bridge it is the same with moral decisions some people cannot see them doing things that they were brought up being told was wrong like my husband and playing cards or dancing and they have difficult doing it even after they become a Christian. Just like it would be, would have been cruel to grab the arm of the person crossing the bridge and drag him across, forcing them to cross quickly and possibly fall and injure themselves. It is not loving to force someone to move and make decisions at your rate. You need to give them the time to learn and grow and gain confidence in their decisions. Paul does say, in areas that you feel freedom to do things, 
to go ahead and partake in those freedoms in verse 22. Just do it in a place and manner that doesn't rub it in the faces of those who don't agree with you or offended by it. Let me give you an example from my life. I grew up in an alcoholic family. I had youth leaders that would come and pick me up from home day or night when things at home got volatile. We are still very close today. They just told me last month, almost 40 years later, that they never kept alcohol in their house because they knew it would neg negatively affect me if I saw it in their house because of what I went through at home with an alcoholic father. They gave up their freedom and their right to have alcohol in their home for a 13-year-old who suffered the consequences of alcoholism in her home life. They knew they could have not poured into my life like they did if they kept alcohol in their home. Instead, they had a glass of wine when they went out to a restaurant. That, ladies, is what Paul is speaking to in this chapter of Romans. Churches are filled with many issues that are not directly addressed as right or wrong in the Bible. Christians need to be sensitive to these issues and learn how to help others with their spiritual growth and not condemn them for not having the same freedoms we do. The words Paul uses to describe the effects of people pushing their freedoms on weaker Christians who may suffer in this section are obstacle, trap, stumbling block, distress, grief, destroy, stumble, condemned. Are these words you want other Christians using to describe the effect you are having on those around you when you are trying to force your opinion on them? Godly freedom is the right to give up your rights to build up another person. Infighting between Christians causes division. This, that's not what God wants in his church. Some guidelines we can take away from today's study are don't do something that causes other Christians to become angry or upset and back away from the church or God. Don't insist on your rights. Don't deliberately shock or cause another brother to stumble. Don't deliberately do anything that will offend others or make them uncomfortable. Don't give, do give up your rights when it hinders peace or growth. Do act only on the spirit of God, the word, or conviction. Do enjoy your freedoms in Christ, but do it in such a way that you don't destroy the peace or mutual building up in truth or interfere with the learning process of weaker sisters. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, we thank you for salvation and the freedoms we have in Christ. We know it is a gift from you. We ask that you give us wisdom and guidance and show us when our words or actions offend others or cause them to go against what they feel is right in their hearts. Let us not be a stumbling block to those around us, but let us lift up and encourage those you have placed in our lives. We pray for unity and peace in our church, and if it any areas of division do arise, we ask that you reveal them to us and enable us to forgive each other and put each other's needs first. Lord, walk with us this week and let us be a light in our communities that draw those around us to you. In your name I pray, amen. Ladies, we want you to grow closer to God and to the other ladies within our church. So if you go to our women's ministry website, you will find the links 
to our Facebook group, to Instagram, so that you can know all the events that are happening. You will see the links to the events so that you can sign up. You will see the links to groups that you can get involved in. And you'll see the link to our closer studies so that you can get in God's Word more. We even have a path for which those who are beginning or growing or maturing can plug into. So we encourage you to go to our website, gracetoday.org women. 